0: If you would, turn to Mark 10, and we'll finish up that chapter. Beginning in verse 46, and we read there, and it says, "...and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace." But he cried out, The more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. That kind of was a quick change of pace there, wasn't it, from the crowd? And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that I should do unto you? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. This man is the model disciple. That's what they're showing here there's many blind men in this whole chapter that are surrounding this guy but this blind man has more faith, more insight more understanding than all of the disciples. Remember Jesus kept having to say are you blind? Can't you see? Don't you understand? They never could get it. This guy gets it. He gets who Jesus is and when Jesus opens his eyes, I'm just giving you a brief summary here. It says he followed him. That's discipleship. He's the model of discipleship. But I want to bring out some other points here briefly tonight. Just for your information, this is the last healing miracle that's recorded in the Gospel of Mark right here. And this is the only healing to where the person that is healed is named, interestingly enough. So all the others that may talk about Jairus' daughter, it doesn't name who the daughter was. It doesn't name who they are. This is the only one where the person healed is actually named. And we have here this blind man in the first verse verse 46. He's sitting by this highway side begging. Why is he there? Because everybody, they're on their way. We're heading into the last week of Jesus' life. Everybody is pilgrimaging to the Passover. They're going to Jerusalem, and they've got this big crowd there. So, hey, if you're somebody that begs, and you want to have people give you money, which these beggars, these blind beggars were totally dependent on people giving them charity, direction, keeping them from getting harmed. And so what a better place to sit? He's right by the roadside, begging, catching these people on their way to Jerusalem. They didn't treat him well at all because beggars were considered a nuisance back then. They didn't contribute to society just in the way. And we had back in chapter eight, I don't know if you remember the first blind person. It was probably his family. They brought him to Jesus. These people aren't doing that. They're not treating him nice. They don't bring him to Jesus. So here he is. You think you got to put yourself in this guy's place. Shut your eyes. He's in total darkness. This blind man, he's sitting there in the dark. Verse 47, but he hears something. He hears him talking. He hears him saying, hey, Jesus is passing by. Jesus, the Nazarene. Which there's an allusion to that. It's more than the city he's from. The Nazarene was also said of Samson. Here's this Nazarene, this man dedicated to God with an anointing and with power. And so this guy has heard the reports of Jesus, how he's healed the multitudes, including the blind. And here's what we need to see. This is his one chance. You think about that. Jesus, he's here and he's passing by. This blind guy. He can't get around and go following him like everybody else, can he? This is his one chance. He may never get another chance. And so he cries out into the dark. He can't see where he is. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. May be his only chance. And so I want to say this in light of Prayer. And we could apply this in a lot of different ways. But when God puts somebody on your heart, that's the time to pray for him, isn't it? Because you may not have another chance. That may be the time God wants to do something for him. May not pass by another day. And that may be with your salvation too, Selah. Just kind of a little aside there. And so... This man, he cries out in verse 47, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what's he crying out for? He's crying out for mercy. What's that all about? He has a need and only Jesus can meet it. He is the only one. He's crying for mercy. He doesn't need justice. He hasn't earned anything from God, has he? What he needs is mercy. And mercy is this. It's somebody has a need. We've all been there, haven't we? We all have a need. Here's somebody else that can meet that need that has the resources, the power, the compassion to meet it. The Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we're at with this. That's what this is saying here. And so that's what we're praying for tonight. We have some urgent needs and our Lord has all the power, compassion and resources to meet the needs we have here, doesn't he? we got to start believing and pressing in for that. And so we need to cry out for him to have mercy. That's not a lack of faith. That's what faith is all about. Faith is saying, you have what I need, and I have a need. And I'm asking you to meet that. Hebrews 4.16, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when? In time of need. That's what the Bible says. We're to come boldly to the throne of grace. We don't have to be embarrassed about it or apologize or feel like, man, what are we doing? He's telling us that's what we should do, to find that mercy and grace that we need in time of need. And look what we have here in verse 48. And they charge him that he should hold his peace. They're telling him, shut up, quiet down. And sometimes, you know what that's telling us there? Sometimes we have got to overcome obstacles, don't we? In our prayer people will try to talk us out of trust in the Lord don't bother the master be quiet the devil will put thoughts in your mind that you're just an unworthy blind beggar no benefit to the Lord but here's the thing when they tried to stop Bartimaeus what happened it says he just cried out the more and he cried out louder didn't quiet him down at all he just got louder because why did he get louder he doesn't have forever does he Here's Jesus is passing by and he's crying and, you know, they're telling him to shut up. And he's like, wait a minute, my opportunity's about gone here. I'm going to, hey, Jesus, I think that's what he was doing. Have mercy on me. Don't forget me. He's crying out. So desperate situations are what create desperate faith. And faith is desperate and it is determined. Don't we have that all through the Bible? The Syrophoenician woman, it's the same deal with her. Jesus, he's the only one that can deliver her daughter that's tormented by an unclean spirit. And they're telling her to shut up. She's like, You ain't getting me to shut up. She's pressing on in there, the Syrophoenician woman. J. Iris, what about him? The mockers are saying, she's dead. Don't bother him anymore. He had to press on right on past all that, didn't he? it didn't look too good for him what about the leper and the woman with the issue of blood there was laws passed saying you don't get near crowds you don't get near people and they had to violate what the law said to get to the Lord Jesus Christ to get that touch they had to press beyond the crowds to come to Jesus to get when he needed and what about the father of the little boy it hadn't been that long back we read about him he's got to press beyond his doubts doesn't he because he's like man I'm struggling Lord Help thou mine unbelief. And so faith, a lot of times when it's desperate, it's going to press on in, isn't it? So sometimes we've got to cry a little louder, don't we? And it's not because the Lord's hard of hearing. That's just the way we've got to press in with a little bit of urgency. When you're in your closet, be quiet and don't tell anybody. But tonight, here we are. We're here to pray. Amen. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And look in verse 49. What do we have there? It says, "In Jesus." Stood still. That's a big statement there, isn't it? Because when faith is crying out to the Lord, Jesus will stand still. He's going to stop whatever He's doing and He's going to come to your aid. That's what it says, isn't it? He'll come to your aid. You think about it, He's getting ready to go to the cross, hardest week of His life. He knows what's coming up, and yet he stops and ministers to what was considered the least of all, a blind beggar. You ever gone to a baseball game? They're all over the place. You know, it's just like it's just easy to just walk past them. They're a nuisance. They're all around. I'm saying that's the way it seems. Everywhere you go. That's the way people perceive them. Yet Jesus stops for the, quote, little child, didn't he? Because he's the servant of all. And I like what one man said, how remarkable that the son of man allows the cry of a poor, powerless person to stop him in his tracks. Stop Jesus in the crowd, right in their tracks. And Jesus says, hold on, everybody. said he stood still. And all you people that are telling him to shut up, go get him. What a change for them, right? It's like, yeah, you know, be quiet. What? Oh, hey, wait a minute. He wants you. Be of good cheer. <laughs> It's like, praise the Lord, all right. And look in verse 51. Jesus answered and said unto him, they bring the man to him. The old man, he came running. He rose and came to Jesus. There wasn't anything wrong with his legs. In verse 51, it said, Jesus answered and said unto him, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And so you know what? He asked that exact same question of his disciples, James and John, didn't he? Look over there. It's right there in verse 36, not too far off. He said unto them, verse 36, James and John, what would ye that I should do for you? And what was their answer? We get two totally different answers, don't we? To the same question. What do James and John want? Prestige and power. And Jesus is like, I can't give you that. I'm sorry. I can't help you. And that what he told him, that's not mine to give prestige and power. That's what you're after. But the blind man, what does he ask for? He just asks for, he says, I just simply want to be normal. I just want to be healthy. I just want to be the way God created me to be, to be released from this prison that the devil has had me trapped in for I don't know how long. It doesn't say he might have been blind from birth. And he just says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I just want to be normal. I want to be able to see and Jesus, you know what he said to that? And this should encourage anybody trusting God for healing, deliverance of an oppressing spirit or anything. Wondering if God will give you that. He's going to somehow deny you. And Jesus says, oh, I can give you that. Didn't he? Isn't that what he told him? I can give you healing. The man just says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I can give you that. He says, you just go your way because your trust in me has made you Whole. Amen. And he'll still say that. And he'll still do that, won't he? And that's a picture. What we have right here is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is that we have great needs in this room right now. Some are sinners headed to hell sitting in this room right now. That's a great need. Some need God to grant relief from oppressing spirits. Some need that healing touch from the Lord Jesus Christ. Some need strife to cease from their homes. Many great needs we have in this room right now tonight. But here's what we can see from this text right here. If we'll just cry out to Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, to have mercy on us, whatever our need, we can take comfort. The last thing I'm going to say, we can take comfort that Jesus still hears. He will still stop and he still saves. And saves includes healing, deliverance, whatever it is you need. It covers everything, doesn't it? Jesus still does those things, the Jesus that we just read about. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.